0: Welcome to Art Talks. I'm your host, Richard Cogge. This is my first show since the Radiothon, and I wanted to thank um, all the listeners for their generous support um, this fall. Uh, You know, shows like this, uh, Art Talks can only be done because of the contributions we get from listeners like you. So, if you... um, Like art talks and you want to see us continue, uh, please help support the station in any way that you can. It is truly appreciated. Now, coming up this weekend is the Moab Folk Festival. Moab is blessed uh, to have all of the activities that that, uh, take place here. We have the Moab Music Festival, we have the Moab Arts Festival. We just had the Day of the Dead, and now we have the Moab Folk Festival coming up this weekend. So, here to talk about it, I um, had Cassie Pop, the director, come into the studio a couple days ago and give us an overview of what we can expect. So, here is my interview with Cassie Pop. Welcome, Cassie.
1: Hello, everybody. Thank you, Richard, for having me.
0: And how are you doing today?
1: Uh, wonderful. Uh, just feeling like uh, things are really gearing up for the big event. Uh, we're two weeks out on Friday. So pretty much everything is on the table right now. Oh, uh, I bet
0: you're running around. Crazy. Yes,
1: lots to do. And I was working with some awesome volunteers just recently where um, we have almost 150 volunteers that help us put this event together. A
0: hundred and fifty. Wow. Isn't
1: that crazy? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I had no idea.
1: (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Before the event, like that's what we were doing now. We got to get ready. We got to pull things together uh, for that. And then during the event and then after the event. So there's there's all kinds of things to be done. Um, Yeah. Do you need more? Well, I think we're kind of taking backups um, because, uh, you know, a lot of people sign up way in advance. And so typically there's a few like, oh, no, something came up. And um, but we're, you know, Maketa Barkley, um, our assistant director, is in charge of the volunteers. And as you know, Richard, Maqueta is so efficient and amazing. Uh, uh, incredible. So she is pulling that volunteer roster mm-hmm. together. We're looking pretty good, but we are always taking a few backups. So if you're interested, feel free to reach out to us. Um, okay. at the festival office. Yeah.
0: So so tell me, um, who are the big headliners this year?
1: All right. Well, um, we have um, three shows this year. We're having a, a Friday night show at Star Hall, and then we have, you know, the two day events at the ballpark. Um, and Uh, It's hard to say it on Friday night. I guess James Keetlihan's our our, uh, headliner there. He's a a Juno Award winning songwriter and he'll be um, closing down the show on Friday. Uh, The Sweetwater Warblers will be opening it up. And the reason I only hesitated is because the Sweetwater Warblers are, are we're going to see them a couple times over the course of the mm-hmm. weekend, but they're a bit of a super group of our People's Choice performers. So I yeah, think- Yeah, I
0: saw that. There's, yeah. It's a mix of, of a number of people who've been here.
1: Yeah. 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 So Lindsay Liu, who mm-hmm. won our People's Choice last year, and then May Earlywine, who won it back in 2019, um, but didn't perform again until um, last year. Mm-hmm. So, and for those of you who don't know, our People's Choice performers are voted by the audience to come back. For a second performance. And um, so, and then at the ballpark um, on Saturday, our headliner is Peter Rowan, who's uh, a legendary um, bluegrass and Americana um, musician. Um, we've asked him to come with his free Mexican Air Force configuration, which hmm. features Los Texmaniacs, and they are a Tex Mex band out of. Um, uh, Texas, of course, appropriately enough. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the exact town was escaping me there for a second. And um, so uh, we're very excited about that. Uh, Los Maniacs are Grammy Award winners, as are uh, Peter Rowan. And this mm. is actually Peter's third time back in Moab. We've oh. had him here in Moab, I believe in 05 and 08. Mm. He played mm. solo once and in a bluegrass configuration once. And this time he'll play uh, with the Free mix and Air Force uh, configuration. So that should be awesome. Um, and then on Sunday, yeah. our headliner is um, the infamous Stringdusters. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also multiple Grammy award-winning musicians. Yeah. And um, for those of you who may have attended the um, free concert series this summer, their fiddler, Jeremy Garrett, was here um, performing for us I believe in June, and so he'll be back um, with the rest of his band, and uh, they're going to be closing out the Sunday stage. Wow! Yeah, yeah
0: that, that's a really good lineup.
1: Yeah, and you know, you yeah, I don't want to ignore like all the rest of the performers because I think right. that 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 really on on um, Saturday, you know, our People's Choice performer will be playing, and so that's like Lindsay Lou, and she's. Mm-hmm right yeah she, she's great. yeah she was terrific she was terrific and she is bringing an incredible band with you know mm. stocked with you know award-winning musicians um, and I, so I don't think she's she's gonna let anyone down on her repeat performance I'm really looking forward to it and I have a feeling there could be a couple collaborations there um, well actually all weekend hopefully they're kind of my favorite thing mm-hmm. um, but she appears on Peter Rowan's new album as does Molly Tuttle Um, I believe vocalizing with him because they're both incredible vocalizers. Mm -hmm. And it kind of is a great segue into Molly Tuttle because Molly Tuttle just won um, the International Bluegrass Music Association's Female Vocalist of the Year.
0: Oh, boy.
1: To kind of, you know, put the icing on her cake of being the first woman ever to win Guitar Player of the Year by the same organization. So she is just, Molly Tuttle is amazing. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to seeing her. Uh, I think everyone's gonna be really pleased. Um, she's also traveling with an incredible band that uh, I think should. Uh, you know.
0: That's the Sweetwater. No, no, no. Uh, she's
1: at Golden Highway. Golden Highway. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Mol yeah T- Molly Tuttle and Golden yes, Highway, yes. and they'll they'll be. Per- I know I'm jumping all over the place here. Um, you guys can go to the website MoabFolkFestival.com if you're confused at all about our schedule.
0: Moab Folk Festival dot com
1: that's it and then just go to the schedule page and you'll see all of this but um yeah we're super excited for molly to be playing on sunday and then um yeah there's a, a band before them um that i'll just keep rambling on about but the henhouse uh, prowlers oh the henhouse prowlers yeah, yeah that's a- they're gonna be playing and they'll be in moab all week um each year, oh. our nonprofit organization brings one of our festival performers into Grand County Schools to uh, work with the kids. Mm-hmm. And this year, um, the Hen House Prowlers will be working with um, the Beacon Strings kids. And then the new teachers at Grand County Middle School, um, ha- uh, Deb Holland and uh, Tamara Frida, are teaching middle school students um, violin and viola and cello. And they'll be teaching them a song and working with them and kind of spreading their uh, international uh, flared uh, musical repertoire with them. And um, because they were. They worked for the State Department as a traveling band, uh, spreading some information uh, to uh different countries and so um yeah it should be really interesting i'm looking forward to their set they have a very globally inspired repertoire and uh and i think it should be really fun for the kids to be able to uh hear and work with them too so
0: we'll and we'll come back to that but let's let's um talk a little bit about the folk festival again tickets are still available yeah Okay.
1: Yep. Tickets are still available, um, and for locals, um, if you purchase your ticket at the back of Beyond Books or the Canyonlands Copy Center, um, you will get ten percent off your ticket um, at the at those locations. And I believe all forms of tickets are left. It, it right now is the only place that you can find a ticket for the Friday night kickoff concert uh that friday night show um uh, is being uh, billed as our uh, 20th anniversary kickoff concert and it's a bit of a little special event we're gonna have a uh, cake birthday cake for ourselves and we'll have some some little special events happening there cool. uh but if you are interested in buying a friday night ticket uh, get it soon because they are going quickly and so that you know star hall as we all know is only has about 290 seats so uh, yeah well
0: get your tickets now.
1: now yes uh and it is a special separately ticketed event it is not included right. with the two-day pass so
0: well let um anything else we want to add about the folk festival uh, um I, I i i last year's was terrific
1: yeah. and i'm
0: really looking forward to this year and because mm-hmm. i went, just before we went on i told you geez the lineup that we were all talking about uh-huh. it so
1: yeah, I wanted it to be a little celebratory this year. Uh, the ballpark is kind of conducive to having bands because it's it's a bigger venue and it's outside, and so um, yeah, just kind of the way the lineup came together. It's uh, I'm I'm really pleased with it, and I'm looking forward to all of it. Um, yeah, there's we're gonna have a couple of food trucks. As long as as
0: long as you're not bagpipers.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, I, I have no problem with bagpipes. No, I, I, I,
0: I know. I, I, <laughs> no problem sorry, with bagpipes. Sorry to interrupt you. Now. Yeah,
1: no, I have so no problem with bagpipes, to... but we don't have any bagpipes. So if you're looking uh-huh. for bagpipes, you're coming to the wrong place. No,
0: you just missed Scots on the Rocks. <laughs> oh,
1: I saw that. Yeah, right. right?
0: Mm-hmm so you're going to have food and
1: and a a beer and wine garden and and then um, a bunch of uh, local and regional vendors selling um arts and crafts oh good yeah and then we're also going to have a little local stage uh that's going to take place in between the sets so we'll have i think a total of four local performers um on a side stage and uh so yeah i then Okay. That's that's about it. Uh, I mean, there's there's lots more we could talk about the lineup, but go to the website and and check out the performing artists. I think I think you all be pleased. I hope that you'll come.
0: moabfolkfestival.com. dot com. So let let's circle back a minute because I know that the. Um, friends of the folk festival do a lot more than just the folk festival you touched Mm -hmm. on the beacon after school program Mm -hmm. but you also do the free concert series that we just wrapped up Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that was absolutely Mm -hmm. wonderful had so many ethnic groups represented Mm -hmm. and every night it was crowded Mm
1: -hmm. it seems it's really hit its stride this year I mean I think every year it's it's been popular but this year felt really like the community remembered and showed up um it's very much a locals event don't you think absolutely yeah and and people come from out of town too and we we advertise at all the local hotels and and um you know out outdoor stores and that kind of thing any of the outfitters uh so that so that folks are here know that there's like an arts event happening uh yeah it's great Mm -hmm. you know art so The Moab Folk Folk Festival is produced by Friends of the Moab Folk Festival. Mm -hmm. We're a nonprofit organization. Mm -hmm. um, And it was founded uh, just about not quite 20 years ago by Mm -hmm. Melissa Schmadick, who started the festival Mm -hmm. um, that is now hitting its 20th anniversary. So we're all very proud of our baby for growing up. Yeah. Um, And then, I mean, I think she started it as an LLC, then it evolved into a nonprofit. And under that nonprofit, uh, umbrella is the Moab Folk Camp, <clears throat> which is run by Cozy Sheridan, and that's an adult music education camp that happens the week before the event. Um, and then we have two other things that we we focus on during the year. I mean, our mission statement says we want to bring... Um, Arts and cultural experiences to our, you know, rural, remote community, and one of the things that when I was hired, Melissa and I kind of intentionally grew was our school programming. Um, we have um, three uh, artist-in-residencies uh, each. One in each trimester, so three per year, <laughs> where mm-hmm. we bring mm-hmm. in a visiting performer to teach dance or to teach um, a song or songwriting and, and then obviously the strings activity. Mm-hmm. And that's about a third of our activities, uh, grant funded, all free to the community. And then um, the third sort of leg of what we do is the um, Moab Free Concert Series. Uh-huh. And that has been really helped out a lot by grant funding, but primarily our biggest uh, sponsor is the Grand County Economic Development uh, oh, okay. Events Grant and um, providing with us with some incredible support. and. I have to mention another state organization, the Utah Division of Arts and Museums, who provides mm-hmm. the single biggest chunk of money besides ticket sales uh, to our organization so that we may prevent, provide all these free activities for the community.
0: And you know, you said, and, and I've noticed, um, that there are mostly locals who, who attend. Mm-hmm. There are lots of locals. Yeah. And I would hope that the, many of the locals who do also support the, <laughs> the the Friends of the Folk Festival?
1: Well, you know, we're very supported by local businesses, mm-hmm. um, and we do have some individual donors as well. Mm. Uh, I think... But the free concert series, I think, is really focused towards folks that maybe can't buy it, can't afford a uh ticket to the uh festival and and or don't have time or whatever it is to to volunteer for us and then, you know, gain free entrance, because that is the fun part about volunteering for the festival is that Uh you get in for free. Um, and and I think yeah. it's great that they're yeah. free. Mm-hmm. So, sure,
0: yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying you can probably always use a few extra oh, bucks. absolutely! Right, and there's right.
1: a portal on our website that uh-huh. under our get involved button that does say donate. So okay. if anyone is feeling inspired, um, please go and um, consider making a donation to our nonprofit. Uh, it's it's needed. I mean, there there are many. Inflation is real, right, Richard? I mean, oh, we're all feeling d- it, right and let me tell you it is in our world as well uh you know the production costs have gone up considerably the performance fees, travel costs yeah. for the for, you know, yeah oh i can only imagine it, it. yeah performance fees uh went up and i think a lot of the performing artists are still really bouncing back from two years of cancellations you know we had a whole year of nothing and then last year a lot of things were scheduled but then canceled due to the delta and omicron and all the different greek mm-hmm. letters that ruined (laughs) the performing arts community's lives. but so, wow. yeah, so so there are a lot of increased costs. So, yes, anything yeah. is, is welcomed. And if you're a business member um, of the community and you are interested in, in donating in kind, we're always looking for that. I'm actually really mm. looking for an RV for our um, oh. festival this year. We have some really generous community members who loan us their personal RVs uh, for the performing artists to use as green oh. rooms. Um, uh-huh. They're not negatively impact in any way and we pay for a cleaning but we are looking for additional uh rvs for them to go in and you know change their clothes and Uh um put you know practice have a little quiet moment
0: there you go somebody out there (laughs) if you're not going away that weekend and you have that rv that Uh can be used please (laughs) let the mo let cassie know it would be so appreciated
1: yeah, and it's two six zero one seven five six is the number. Um, what was wait, that number? Uh two six zero one seven five six. There you go. If you've got anything that that you you'd love to share with us for the weekend, and and we're happy to um, exchange for tickets, which are, are, are our primary form of currency, and or some other sort of compensation if that's your gig. There
0: you okay. Go. Well, <laughs> Cassie, I want to thank you so much uh, for coming to the studio today um it it impresses me so much that all you do all the all the events that are put on by the friends of the folk festival moab is so lucky to have An event like that. Mm -hmm. So, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. Anything you want to just add in closing?
1: Oh, thank you for having me. And it's my pleasure. And I love my job and I love this community. And I'm so proud to be involved in this organization. Please uh, come on out and celebrate our 20th anniversary with us this year, November 4th to the 6th.
0: Happy anniversary and thank you again. Well, that was Cassie Pop, the director of the Moab Folk Festival. I hope you heard that she's got some really exciting uh, groups lined up. You know, today, I want to talk about the origins of Halloween. It began a couple thousand years ago, and the ancient name is Samhain. It was a time when... The winter was coming, the harvest was over, and it was a time to a celebration and acknowledgement of the dead. And it was around that time of the year when all the dead were gathering for their journey to the afterlife. Mm -hmm. So many of the customs that we have began there. The Dressing up as an evil spirit, maybe putting dressing like a a hag, you were a witch, because the thought was, if you were dressed in one of those kinds of costumes, the evil spirits would leave you alone and uh, they 'd think you were one of them, so that people started dressing up and in the United States, immigrants brought the trick-or-treating Halloween to the U.S. And in in, in my readings, um, it wasn't until really in the 1950s that trick-or-treating in the U.S. as we kind of know it today, um, where all the folks go out in their costumes, that had its roots back hundreds and hundreds of years. So I, I think it's interesting when we explore where some of these customs that we practice today came from. And you know, Day of the Dead, All Souls Day, All Saints Day, they're all right around the same time because the the Catholic Church was trying to get people away from some of their pagan roots. So what do you do? Well, they're celebrating this thing called Samhain. Well, we're just going to change it, and we're going to make it more of a religious. And, and that's that's how it came it to be. Uh, and now I'm sure there are differences all across Europe and even in the United States, but that's just a little bit of the background. Right now, we're going to um, hear from Molly Clark. Uh, she is with the Moab Valley Multicultural Center. I went to talk to her about what is the Day of the Dead. So um, here's, here's a clip of of my interview with her a couple days ago telling us just what is the Day of the Dead. Welcome, Molly. Thank you. Hey, so uh, thanks so much for taking the time today. I, you know, I, I w- I've always wondered, I've heard of this Day of the Dead, but I was never really sure what it was. Can you tell me a little bit about it, its roots and and why do we celebrate it?
2: Well, that's a big question. Um,
0: <laughs> well, you can break that down. We can it? break that okay. down,
2: yeah. Um, well, we the Day of the Dead, or Dia de los Muertos, is a celebration that's held in countries across, um, m- well, Mexico, Central America, and Northern South America. Um it has its origins with the Mesoamerican people, primarily the Aztecs, mm-hmm. and um, they used skulls. They they heavily used skulls as a symbolism, and they believed that death was. They used what skulls.
0: And what is a skull?
2: Skull, like the inside of your oh, head.
0: skull. Skull. <laughs> See, I'm from New Jersey, so, you know, skull is like, what? <gasps> skull sounds like Scottish. Yeah.
2: Yes. Um, okay, skull. <laughs> skull. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I don't have the accent. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so they used skulls um, as a symbol of the... I don't know, divide between the living and the dead. Mm -hmm. Um, And they would place them on tombs. They would build altars, um, especially during um, one time of the year, which in the Aztec tradition was more in the summer, um, around Mm -hmm. June time, as I understand it. Um, And they would put, yeah, they would build these altars with nine levels, um, and they would have food and skulls and they would burn incense and many of the elements you see in our modern celebration of day of the dead um, but it wasn't importantly it wasn't a scary thing death mm-hmm. traditionally was viewed as part of life it was part of a circle um, they were honoring those those departed loved ones um, mm. was it
0: did, did it grow out of other religious uh, observances day of the dead yeah well well of course i know um you there was all saints day that the catholic church had instituted which Mm -hmm. followed halloween
2: which Mm -hmm.
0: followed all hallows eve so did did those all play into day of the dead
2: i'm not an expert but Mm. yes um those things
0: all happened around the same period,
2: well, yeah, so in um in Ireland and um Scotland, there were the Celtic people originally, and that was um before Common Era, so BCE, Mm -hmm. Um, and they celebrated Samhain, which is a Celtic festival that would celebrate the end of the harvest. Um, It was actually their new year. They believed that night came before day. And so um, they would celebrate the end of a year and how that was going to feed into the next year. Um, And that included the harvest, but it also was a time where they celebrated the lives of the people who had passed that year and welcomed other souls back. So in Celtic tradition, um, border hmm. areas were believed to be very holy, and okay. including at um, at the time of Samhain, the border between the land of the living and the land of the dead was at its thinnest, and so souls could pass back and forth. Oh. Um, so that's all part of that. And they were welcoming ancestors, Mm -hmm. um, and and it it varies locally somewhat, um, Mm -hmm. but they were welcoming ancestors, but they also were very worried about warding off bad spirits. Um, Mm. And that is where some of the creepier, spookier traditions of Halloween come in, as opposed to Day of the Dead, which originates from the Aztec understanding of death as a natural and celebrated part of life.
0: Okay. So tell me what what exactly will you be doing? Will will the uh multicultural center be doing?
2: Yeah. Um this Sunday, October 30th, we are hosting our annual it's our 12th annual celebration and every year we have a we try to have a live mariachi band um which is true this year we serve food um from several different countries who celebrate Day of the Dead traditionally. And um, we share a cultural exhibit. So this year it's exploring the symbols. Um, In each celebration, there's a symbol that represents the souls of the departed family Mm. members or loved ones coming back to earth. In Mexico, famously, it's the butterfly, the monarch butterfly specifically. Oh, interesting. Um, Yeah, so that's the theme of the festival this year, and we'll have a display and an art competition centered around that. But more than that, um, and kind of the center of the festival, we've got altars and tombs that community members will come um, to the center, and they'll decorate those in honor of someone who's passed um, and that's a really beautiful part of the celebration. And at the end of the festival, mm-hmm. the mariachi band goes to the altars and to the tombs and they serenade um, each individual who's being represented. Oh. And Oh, that's um, really nice.
0: So, so that does incorporate the historical traditions of the festival.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I think Day of the Dead is this merging of... Um, Of all of this, like starting back with the Celts, and then um, when the Romans came, it merged with the pagans and uh, festivals, and then the Romans had a lot of Catholic influence as Christianity developed, um, which brings in All Souls Day and All Saints Day. Um, And then later, several centuries later, the conquistadors came to Mexico and conquered the Aztec Empire. Right. Um, And they merged those celebrations. So the Spaniards were influenced by this European celebration from the Celts and the Catholic celebration of the souls and the saints. And then they came to the new world, quote unquote, and um, they moved the Aztec celebration to... The date to around the date when um, the All Souls Day and All Saints Day and the Celtic festivals mm-hmm. had been celebrated um, around end of October, beginning of November.
0: I, I think it's really interesting how different cultures and various churches. Took these traditions and ceremonies and holidays that people were already observing, mm-hmm. and morphed them into something that they supported. Mm-hmm. So with, with some with some modifications, perhaps. Surely, you know, like Christmas, uh-huh. you know, Christmas is just an amalgamation of <laughs> several different <laughs> winter celebrations. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Day of the Dead, Easter. Many of these are take take components from other celebrations.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Where
0: Where else do, is Day of the Dead celebrated in, in in the U.S.? I'm guessing is it more in Hispanic cultures? Yes, okay. and
2: that's because it has its roots in the right, Aztec right, Empire. Right. So across, um, I think three three countries that celebrate it in a more major way are. Mm-hmm. Mexico, Guatemala, and Bolivia, um, okay. but we also know that Day of the Dead is celebrated in different communities and countries. Hmm. Besides that,
0: well, I'm really looking forward to coming to it on, on yeah. the 30th. So, um, so tell me again, like, if people are interested, how do they find out more information about this?
2: They can call the center. Um, that and would be it,
0: and your phone number is
2: four three five. Two five nine five four four four.
0: Two two five nine. 5444. Mm-hmm. And what about your website if they need information?
2: Our website is moabmc.org. And if you scroll to the bottom of our homepage, there is a specific button for upcoming events and Day of the Dead will be on there.
0: Okay. Well, I want to thank you so much for uh, talking to me about this today. Absolutely. I, it, I, I thank you for having me. Yeah. And, and I will see you and I'm looking forward to uh, to the Day of the Dead.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, we'll see you on Sunday. Thanks, Molly.
0: That, again, was Molly Clark from the Moab Valley Multicultural Center talking about the event that they sponsor every year, the Day of the Dead. And I think I had mentioned earlier that I was there um, yesterday, and I thought it was absolutely amazing. I mean, I really could feel the emotion. You could almost feel the spirits, how people had their graves decorated for their loved ones, and they had things like bread and beverages and things that the the person did and it was, it was interesting. People would have sewing or, or reading books to identify what the person's interests were. So if you didn't make it this year, you really should um, check that out n- next year. Well, it's just about time to, to wrap up here uh, for Art Talks. And I want to thank m- my guests, Molly Clark from the... Multicultural Center and also Cassie Pop for telling us about the upcoming Moab Folk Festival. Join us again for Art Talks on November 21st will be the next show uh, and that will be at our regular time the third Monday of the month at 4 p.m.